Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. My name's Jay, if you're new here. I'm the director of worship. And if you're not new here, you're like, why are they dressed so nicely this morning? We, they don't typically wear suits. First of all, thank you so much. It's very nice of you to say that. Uh, second of all, um, this if, if, uh, if you know Chris Berry on the keys here, he's been serving faithfully for the last over five years, and he's going to be moving. This is his last Sunday serving, and his request was, hey, can we all wear suits? So I said, okay, we can all wear suits. That's right. Yes, you can thank Chris for that, and be sure to thank him for his service and his faithfulness and his time here. Uh, we also have some other special stuff going on. Uh, Ebby and Esther are two of our missionaries that we partner with and support, and they are here this morning. You will hear more about that and hear from them. And then uh, lastly, one of my good friends from college, Andy, here on guitar, he's visiting with his family, and so I graciously asked him if he would sub in and play with us this morning. So that'll be a treat. Would you stand with us? We're going to hear a call to worship from Philippians 3. This is Philippians 3, verses 7 through 11. Listen to this as we begin our time together. But whatever gain I had, this is Paul speaking, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Let's pray. O oh God, may we gather today, together, and see the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. Would you help us to see and savor the gospel today? And through that, would you give would we be able to give you praise for your amazing love and grace that you've bestowed upon us? And as we are satisfied in Christ, may we count all else as loss. Holy Spirit, make this a reality for us this morning. Remove the veil of sin and selfishness that we bring into this room every single week, that we may more closely experience your presence here with us. Would you strengthen our faith as we offer up songs of praise to you? We love you, God. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's sing together.
darkness rejoiced as though heaven had fallen. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested and my life began. There's no grace, so free, washes
you read Ephesians, uh, this is Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 10. Let's read this together, and we're going to keep singing here. But God, read with me, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised up with him, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're going to sing one more song together called Only by Grace. This is a song that we sing here at City Church. Uh, I'm supposed to lead this song, but my vocal mic is not working presently. So we're going to give it a try. Uh, Give me a second. I'm going to make a quick switch, and then let's sing together. One, two, test, test. Y'all can hear me enough. We'll do this. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) All right, let's do this.
Good morning. Welcome to City Church. My name is Chipper. I'm one of the pastors here. We are a church aspiring to be an authentic community, walking with God in our city. It's great to be with you. I love you all. I hope that I get to meet some of you after the service, particularly those of you who might be new to the life of our church. We do put connection cards in your bulletin when you walk in each morning. We absolutely love it when you take that card and in particular put your prayer requests on there. So if you would consider filling that out, with the prayer request, also a great resource for you. If you want to learn more about our church, uh, who we are, what our mission is, why we're in downtown Gainesville, fill that out. And if you put it in the seat pocket in front of you, we pick them up 
after this service. If you want us to be in touch with you, obviously put your name on it, but you're also welcome, especially for prayer requests to make those anonymous, and we pray for you each week uh, during our staff meeting. We worship a generous God, so part of our responsive worship as a people of God is giving generously. Uh, you can give online, citychurchgmv.com slash give, or there's also a brown box in the back of the sanctuary, and that's available for you as well. Our community groups, which are really the relational backbone of our church, are either started or about to start, depending on your group. Uh, a couple of groups are already up and running. Uh, the rest of the groups are starting in the next week or two. If you're already connected to one of those groups, wonderful. Be in touch with your leader so you know when, to, when things are going to kick off again. If you're not a part of a group, this would be a great time to fill, put something out on your connection card. Chat with me after the service. We have a hospitality table in the back. Uh, people will be there from our team. They would love to get you connected, uh, tell you more about when our groups are meeting, introduce you to leaders, make connections so that you're comfortable and ready to go. We pray, these are groups that eat together, we pray together, we serve together, we support missionaries together, we do a lot together in our city. They're not just places where we come and, and study scripture, as important as that is, but we actually work to apply that into all areas of our lives. And so please consider filling out a card, chatting with me after the service, and we will be in touch with you. Um, our youth program, which we talked about last week, we did an interview last week with Jay, who's going to actually be uh, kind of formally launching our youth ministry. Our, our youth ministry is having a kickoff party in a couple of weeks, and so we will, uh, this will be on a Tuesday evening, it will be here, uh, we will give you more information about it. So, what was that? Oh, wow. Sat not Tuesday, come on Saturday. Yeah, um, and this is the curriculum that we're going to be using. We'll tell you more about it, but in case you're wondering, what are we going to be going through with our youth? It's, this, it's that one. It was that one, the one that was up there, yes. The Gospel-Centered Life for Teens. So that's the one that uh, you can look into. We'll give you more details uh, in the next couple of weeks. You can be prepared. The main thing that I really wanted to get to this morning is, um, first, an interview with Ebby and Esther, who Jay mentioned a few moments ago, and then Ebby will be preaching. He will be bringing the word for us. This morning, uh, Ebby and Esther are one of our missionary partners. We have kind of three uh, primary missionary partners here at City Church. Ebby and Esther are uh, from India. Uh, they are missionaries to India, but they're currently in the United States. We will tell you more about why that is. They will tell you more about why that is in just a moment. Uh, they have done 26 years of vocational ministry. Uh, stories galore, let me tell you, about the work of God in them and through them. If you want to hear more about those stories, we are having a lunch after the second service outside under the white tents. Come back, and they will tell you all the stories. Because today, right now, in this interview, we're going to be focusing on what they're doing right now and what the future holds for the ministry. So if you want the stories, come for the lunch after the second service. It'll be about 1230, 1245, white tents, kind of catty-cornered across the street from our church. We would love to see you there. Um, and you can hear more from them. For now, we're hearing about what they're doing now and then what they're going to be doing in the future. So let's give a warm welcome to Evie and Esther. Thank you so much for being here. I know you've already gotten to spend some time with members of our church family this weekend. They got here on Friday. Uh, it's been a delight to hang out with them. Can you orient us first? Just tell us more about uh, why it is mm -hmm. that you are in the United States right now. Uh, give us a little bit more information about your family. That would be wonderful. Okay. Let me start why we are here in the U.S., and then my wife will share about uh, our family. Uh, so 
uh, when uh, we were in India as cross-cultural missionaries, uh, if you want to know more about uh, being a cross-cultural missionary in India, I think you should come for the lunch uh, uh, meeting, okay? So I'm not going to go into the details of it, uh, because uh, some of you may wonder how in the world a person can be a missionary in his own country, right? Um, so, okay, um, at the peak time of our ministry, we felt the need uh, for equipping us for the future ministry in India. And uh, we prayed about it, and we asked, uh, whether, uh, uh, asked the Lord whether we should uh, move on with this uh, desire, strange desire, after being in ministry for 16 years that time. Uh, and God spoke to us from Psalm 37, 5, Commit your ways and trust in me, I will do this. So with that as an assurance from the Lord, we came here uh, for our higher studies education. So, Abby and I, both of us, uh, we came for education. And just two months ago, Abby defended his dissertation, and he's done with his PhD. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I'm writing my dissertation, hoping to finish by next year. After we finish, we are planning to move back to India. And God has blessed us with two boys, wonderful boys. And uh, our first son, Ricky, is a senior at Trinity College. And our son, um, Ronnie, second son, Ronnie, he's, a Jew, um, he's going to be a senior uh, at Deerfield High School. Wonderful. So can you tell us more about, they're doing a lot. That's the theme here. They're doing mm -hmm. the dissertations. They're raising children. Um, and they're also doing, actively still doing ministry. Can you tell us more about what you're doing right now and how you've adjusted, adapted in light of COVID? Okay, sure. Uh, I'll start. Um, so one thing that uh, we are currently uh, uh, doing, uh, along with other things, uh, is creating an online resource platform, which is similar to the Gospel Coalition or the Desiring God, if you are familiar with uh, those type of resource, wonderful resources. Uh, so we want to really do it in our own uh, mother tongue, that is Tamil. And also, uh, God willing, in, uh, in the future, in uh, Hindi, which is considered to be our national language. Uh, most of the people in North India, they speak uh, Hindi. So we started that out, and uh, we reached out to uh, some of uh, uh, our people, uh, uh, dear friends, wonderful friends who are part of our discipleship cohorts, and uh, 30 of them said, yes, yes, we really need to do this. Uh, people in India uh, need this gospel-centered, word-centered resources. And uh, we have formed, currently formed, eight different teams. All of them are volunteers, uh, uh, no paid workers. And some of them are focusing on the translation. Some of them are focusing on uh, the video editing and those type of stuff. And uh, some of them are praying. And uh, some of them are writing articles and creating video content. So our hope is that we'll be able to launch uh, by the end of this August uh, so that it will be available uh, for the people in India. So that is one thing that we are doing currently, along with other things. And uh, how did we get all those volunteers that A.B. was talking about? For the, 
past two or three years, we are doing, like before COVID hit, we were doing online Zoom classes for Indian Christians, both in India and here in the US. All across the US, we have several Indian Christians. So we, are, we started doing uh, discipleship cohort every week. At present, uh, there are around three groups, 60 of them. Week after week, they participate regularly on Mondays, Monday morning, uh, 11 to 11.30 to 12.30. Uh, in India, it's 10 to 11 in the night. So we do it on Mondays and Tuesday night for US Christians uh, from 8 to 9. And on Saturdays, from UK, Indian Christians, from Canada, and from US, morning, Saturday morning, 7 to 8, we are doing this class. We did, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, we go, we are part of uh, actually two churches. One is we are a member of a church, and we go to uh, that church uh, week after week. That's also E-Free Church. And uh, the dear pastor is uh, one of uh, uh, Chipper's uh, friend, right? Uh, pastor Tim McGinn's. And we are also connected to another E-Free Church, uh, that is uh, Pastor Colin Smith's uh, The Orchard. And he has a neat discipleship material. It's like uh, walking through uh, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and uh, helping uh, the people to understand how the whole Bible is one whole story, all pointing to Jesus. So we did that first with the 60 people for 50 weeks. That, is, that was in, I think, uh, 2018 or 19. And then we did uh, Ephesians, Philippians, the Gospel of Mark, and at present, we are uh, currently doing a study from 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. So that is about our discipleship cohorts. And uh, for the pastors and missionaries and church planters in India, uh, we call that as shepherdship class, not leadership class, shepherdship class. And it's a one-hour, 30-minute class uh, for the pastors and missionaries in India. And we do it uh, uh, every week. Uh, through Zoom, and we have about uh, 40 people uh, attending it, and uh, they are actually receiving this wonderful word-centered, gospel-centered teachings, and uh, they are now using that in their local churches. So we have one missionary from North India, a missionary couple from North India. They are part of our shepherdship class, and uh, they now want us to do the same 50-week uh, discipleship material uh, with their 40 leaders from two different states in North India in Hindi. So we have started the translation work, and uh, this is what we are doing uh, besides uh, the PhD staff and uh, taking care of two uh, <laughs> wonderful kids. So <clears throat> I think you can see the Lord's providence here. Ebby and Esther, since they've been in Chicago doing the doctoral work, they continued to minister pre-COVID over Zoom so they could keep shepherding and discipling people and India, uh, in India. And then once COVID hit, well, guess what? They could keep doing it because they were already doing it. So we are, A, not here for your Zoom complaints. And then <laughs> um, B, I mean, praise God for setting that up and having it up and running so they could continue their ministry without a hitch um, in light of what's gone on with COVID, so praise God. So, so where is this going? So you have the shepherding groups, um, the discipleship groups. What does the future look like in the coming months and even in the next couple of years? Okay, so we have four graduations next uh, May. Uh, so both of us will be graduating from Trinity Evangelical <laughs> Divinity School. 
And our oldest son will be graduating from Trinity College and our youngest son from high school. So four graduations. We're going to have parties, so you're most welcome to join us. <laughs> and then comes separations. Yeah. Uh, so my wife and I uh, will be going back to India uh, to plant a church, uh, a gospel-centered church, and uh, uh, leaving our children here. They want to be here because we spent almost uh, nine years here. Uh, so even though they look, uh, no, uh, Indian outside, but uh, inside they are Americans. We, uh, somebody said, uh, no, they are a coconut generation. Uh, so yeah, here we go. So uh, we would be going back to India to plant a church and uh, see that multiplied. Uh, and we also want to use the church to train pastors, missionaries, and church planters. Uh, so, yeah, you have that. So we will continue to uh, walk with them along the way as they pursue all these things. Even when they go back um, to India, of course, the partnership will continue in spades. Uh, we hope to be walking with Ebby and Esther for years to come. Again, if you want to hear more about what's gone on these past 26 years, come to the lunch. Um, some amazing stories of God's powerful work in India through the Spirit. Uh, what we're going to do now is I'm going to pray over them. Uh, we're going to go up here and pray so they can kind of reset the stage, and Ebby will, will be preaching for us. Yeah, as you want to pray, just uh, let me share something. Like, uh, we wouldn't be doing all this without your prayers and financial support. Thank you so much for your gospel partnership. We really appreciate it. And we wouldn't be able to do all that the Lord has in store for us without your continued prayers and support. Amen. Yeah, I thank you, church family, for supporting them and walking with them. And if it wasn't clear uh, earlier, they are with Reach Global, uh, which is uh, the missionary arm of our denomination, the Evangelical Free Church of America. We also partner with other uh, missionary organizations, but it's really wonderful. At least one of our partnerships is with our own uh, missionary organization. So let me pray over Ebby and, and Esther. Lord, first of all, thank you um, for the gift that it is to have them with us. Uh, this is something that maybe wouldn't have happened without COVID because COVID has sadly kept them from making uh, visits that they had planned to India, uh, but it has allowed them to come to us, and we thank you for that. And I pray that their presence here would not only be encouraging to them, but it would minister to us. It would challenge and encourage us here in Gainesville, Florida. We do pray for the shepherding groups, for these discipleship groups, that they would indeed foster the kinds of leaders that they're going to need in the coming months and years to start a church. We pray over that church planning effort that there would indeed, in the next five years, be a thriving new gospel-centered church in India uh, that would not only thrive itself but plant other churches. We pray for this um, new initiative that will hopefully happen in in northern India and a couple of the states up there, Father, we do ask that that would come to fruition, that they would indeed, Esther and Abby would indeed be able to um, do that whole 50-week curriculum with a whole new group of leaders. Uh, we pray for rest for their family. They've been working very hard. I pray that they would rest in Jesus and work out of their rest. I pray for their children. I pray for Ricky and for Ronnie, and I thank you that um, they are going to stay here in the United States, at least for a little while longer, and I pray that we might be able to engage with them and encourage them um, from a distance, even though they'll be here in the U.S. I do uh, pray over Ebby as he brings the word that the Spirit would work through him. 
and that uh, the preaching of Nehemiah uh, would glorify you and that we would leave here a genuinely transformed people. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I thank God and thank Pastor Chipur and Pastor Ryan and the mission committee and the leadership of the City Church for giving us this wonderful opportunity. So far, we have thoroughly enjoyed our time in Gainesville. Thanks for having us here and giving us a warm welcome. We are excited to see uh, your church being planted uh, at the downtown of Gainesville as a gospel fountain, uh, fountain of life, as a beacon of uh, light. Uh, we heard some wonderful, cool stories uh, from Chipper yesterday. So he was uh, giving us a tour of the church and uh, the city, and we are really blown away by what the Lord is doing in and through your church. And as I said, we are thrilled and so glad uh, for your gospel partnership, for your continued prayers and uh, financial support. Thank you so much for being a part of us. In the last three days, we really met uh, some wonderful people. Uh, we had some big surprises too. Uh, so we thought this is a young, growing, thriving church. You know what? Uh, we were received by two wonderful people who are really young in spirit, and uh, they came and uh, uh, came to the airport to uh, know, uh, pick us up from the airport, uh, George and Mary. Uh, so, and we continue to meet so many uh, good, wonderful people. And uh, we have Micah Johnson here. He was the first person to contact us from City Church last year to explore the possibility of the City Church partnering with us. Uh, so he was with us uh, yesterday, along with some great people in Crescent Beach. He asked me what I'm going to preach. And I said, I'm going to continue through the restoration, the sermon series from Ezra and Nehemiah. He immediately said, oh no, they slaughtered you by asking you to preach from Ezra and Nehemiah. No, no, no. I said, no, Micah. I offered myself to be slaughtered. <laughs> Even this morning, uh, uh, Mark, uh, our host, teased me on this. Hey, you don't have to prepare uh, many sermons like uh, Chipper or Ryan. You can just preach wherever you go, one sermon. No, I said, no, uh, I offered myself to be slaughtered. Uh, and I don't have any regrets, okay? So I'm so glad for the decision I have made. This even allowed me to watch 
a couple of uh, your worship uh, services and get to know more about you. So, would you stand for the reading of God's word? Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, and uh, chapter 9, 34 to 38, and chapter 10, 28 through 29. Chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. Now, in the 12th month, sorry, I am an Esther. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> My wife uh, even interrupt my sermon. Okay. My wife's name is Esther, by the way. Sorry. Uh, let's get into the scripture. Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. So now on the 24th day of this month, the people of Israel were assembled with fasting and in sackcloth and with earth on their heads. And the Israelites separated themselves from all foreigners and stood and confessed the sins and iniquities of their fathers. And they stood up in their place and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day, for another quarter of it, they made confession and worshipped the Lord their God. Now please turn to uh, the same chapter, verses 34 and 38. Our kings, our princes, our priests and our fathers have not kept your law or paid attention to your commandments and your warnings that you gave them. Even in their own kingdom and amid your great goodness that you gave them and in the large and rich land that you set before them, they did not serve you or turn from their wicked works. Behold, we are slaves this day in the land that you gave to our fathers to enjoy its fruit and its good gifts. Behold, we are slaves, and its rich yield goes to the kings uh, when, whom you have set over us because of our sins. They rule over our bodies and over our livestock as they please, and we are in great distress. Because of all this, we make a firm covenant in writing on the sealed document are the names of our princes, our Levites, and our priests. Chapter 10, verses 28 and 29. 28 and 29. The rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and all who have separated themselves from the peoples of the lands to the law of God, their wives, their sons, their daughters, all who have knowledge and understanding, join with their brothers, their nobles, and enter into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law that was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord our God and his rules and his statutes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can be seated now. Shall we ask the Lord to speak to us? Father God, we thank you for your wonderful presence in our midst. We thank you for your most 
holy, living and active word. Open our eyes to behold your wondrous word. Open our ears today to hear your gentle voice. Open our hearts today to respond. All hearts are in your hands. All events at your disposal. Set the seal of your almighty will upon my ministry today. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Last Sunday, Pastor Ryan spoke about living a full life from Nehemiah chapters uh, 7 and 8. He talked about the two essential rhythms or practices to have our lives filled with the presence of God. The importance of worshipping and remembering. He talked about how Ezra read through the laws for hours and how people were listening attentively and responding, Amen, Amen. Today, I would like to add two more essential rhythms or practices to have our lives filled with the presence of God. So this is going to be Living a Life Part 2 from Nehemiah chapters 9 and 10. So the two rhythms or practices are confession of sin and renewal of the covenant. Confession of sin and renewal of the covenant. First, let's look at the confession of sin. Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 2. Now on the 24th day of this month, the people of Israel were assembled with fasting and in sackcloth and with earth on their heads. And the Israelites separated themselves from all foreigners and stood and confessed the sins and the iniquities of their fathers. Here, the fasting, sackcloth, heads down on earth indicate Israelites' sheer humility. They humbled before God. Moreover, they separated themselves from all foreigners. We all know that the Israelites were God's treasured possession, chosen people among all peoples of the earth to be kingdom of priests, that is, to be mediators between God and other nations, and to be a holy nation called and set apart for a unique purpose to be a light to the nations. We also know that the Lord had told them that they should not intermarry with foreigners, giving their daughters to foreigners or taking foreigners for their sons so that they would not turn away from God and serve other gods. Sadly, they disobeyed God. They mingled with foreigners and they started to serve other gods. They turned to idolatry. They failed in their mission. This is bad news. But here, they separated themselves from all foreigners. This is good news. They turned to God from their idolatry. They have decided 
to be in the world, but not of the world. They humbled before God. They separated themselves from all foreigners, and they did something special. This is important. They stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. The Israelites did exactly what Nehemiah did when he first heard about the destruction of the wall of Jerusalem from one of his brothers in Nehemiah chapter 1. He prayed that he and his father's house have sinned and how they have acted corruptly against God. Here the Israelites, as the people of God, confessed their sins and the sins of their fathers. In verse 3 we read, For the quarter of the day they read from the book of the law, for another quarter of it they made confession. Can you imagine this? They spent six hours on reading from the book of the law, and six hours on confession. This is real. Church, be prepared for six hours of preaching and six hours of confession. Now, the church has some light lunch. They're not going to be fasting, okay? I'm just kidding, okay? The Israelites spent six hours on reading from the book of the law and six hours on confession. This is the mark of a community being restored into a covenantal relationship with God. Let me pause here and ask you something. How is your devotional life today? Do you love the word of God? Do you have a special desire, a longing, a craving, an angst for God's word? Do you have hunger, a hunger and thirst for God's word? Do you really read the word of God and pray as you used to do when you first came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If your answer is no, I guess maybe, I'm not sure, then you need some restoration. If you read chapter 9, verses 6 through 38, you will notice how real it was for the people of God. Are you ready for it? Let's read a few, verses uh, 16 through 17. But they and our fathers acted presumptuously and stiffened their neck and did not obey your commandments. They refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them, but they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and did not forsake them. This happened during Israelites' journey from the slavery in Egypt to the promised land. Another reference, verses 26 and 27. 
Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against God and cast your law behind their back and killed your prophets who had warned them in order to turn them back to you and they committed great blasphemous. Therefore, you gave them into the hand of their enemies who made them suffer. And in the time of their suffering, they cried out to you and you heard them from heaven. And according to your great mercies, you gave them saviors who saved them from the land of their enemies. Guess when this happened? This happened during the period of judges. Do you remember the cycle of events happened during the period of judges? The Israelites would turn to idolatry. God would judge them. They would cry to the Lord. And the Lord would deliver them. One more. Verses 30 and 31. Many years you bore with them and warned them by your spirit through your prophets. Yet they would not give ear. Therefore you gave them into the hand of the peoples of the lands. Nevertheless, in your great mercies, you did not make an end of them or forsake them. For you are a gracious and merciful God. This is during pre- and post-exilic period. The Israelites did really confess their sins and their father's sins for one quarter of the day. They went over their history and they remembered God's goodness and kindness grace and mercy. In the prayer of confession in chapter 9, the chief thing of which they repent is idolatry. The prayer of confession in chapter 9 is focused on the repeated idolatry of the Israelites and God's repeated kindness towards them. Confession is one of the spiritual disciplines or disciplines of grace. Richard Foster, the author of Celebration of Discipline, writes like this. Confession is the spiritual discipline that allows us to enter into the grace and mercy of God in such a way that we experience forgiveness and healing for the sins and sorrows of the past. Let me repeat this. Confession is the spiritual discipline that allows us to enter into the grace and mercy of God in such a way that we experience forgiveness and healing for the sins and sorrows of the past. The Israelites, through their confession of sins, entered into the grace and mercy of God, the kindness of God, the steadfast love of God, and experienced forgiveness and healing for the sins and sorrows of the past. You can also experience the same today if you confess your sins of idolatry and turn to Christ. If you may say to yourself, I have nothing to do with idolatry. Listen to me. Idolatry is rejection of God and his way. Making someone else or something else more important than 
God. Some of you may make your career more important than God, or your education, or your wealth, or your status, or your position. Some others may make the spouse or children more important than God. Some may even idolize ministry. Because, you know, we are by nature idolaters. As we said, Esther and I had been in ministry even before we came to the U.S. for our education. During those 16 years of ministry in India, we had idolized ministry. Idolizing ministry? Yes, we did. You may wonder how this can happen. After all, it's ministry. It's serving God. We realized this when we took our first class, Vocation of Ministry, at Asbury Theological Seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky. One thing that stood out, of, uh, stood out to us from that class, the ministry into which we have been called is the ministry of Jesus Christ. This is a direct quote from our professor. The ministry into which we have been called is the ministry of Jesus Christ. While we had known that it is the ministry of Jesus Christ, we had considered it as our ministry, my ministry. We had found that ministry is life-giving than Christ. We had invited him to partner with us rather than we joining him in his ongoing ministry. We had thought that we were doing some favor to him through our ministry. And John 15, 6 convicted us. Apart from me, you can do nothing, including ministry. We are thankful to God for revealing this fundamental and an important truth. Since then, we constantly examine ourselves why we are doing what we are doing. What is your idolatry? What takes the place of God in your life? 1 John 1, 8 through 9 says, If we say that we have no sin or no idolatry, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Would you repent of your sin of idolatry just as the Israelites did and receive this forgiveness? He is faithful and just to forgive your sins. So far, we looked at the rhythm or the practice of confession of sin to have lives filled with the presence of God. Let's now turn to the rhythm or practice of the renewal of the covenant. Nehemiah chapter 9, verses, verse 38, the first part. Because of all this, we make a firm covenant in writing on the sealed document. And chapter 10, verses 28 through 29, the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, 
the temple servants and all who have separated themselves from the peoples of the lands to the law of God, their wives, their sons, their daughters, and all who have knowledge and understanding, join with their brothers, their nobles, and enter into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law that was given by Moses, the servant of God. The Israelites humbled before God, and they separated themselves from all foreigners. They stood and confessed the sins, and the sins of their fathers, then the Israelites made a strong covenant with God. They renewed their covenant with God. This time, they really want to be faithful and obedient to all the covenantal obligations. And they were confident this time. Therefore, they boldly enter into a covenantal curse. They were ready for the consequences of receiving curses instead of receiving blessings from God. If you want to know more about this, you can read Deuteronomy chapter 28 in your leisure time. In the following verses in chapter 10, you will notice how they committed themselves to a few covenantal, covenantal obligations. Let's see a couple of examples. Verse 30. We will not give our daughters to the peoples of the land or take the daughters for our sons. No more intermarriages. Verse 31. And if the people of the land, peoples of the land bring in goods or any grain on the Sabbath day to sell, we will not buy them on the Sabbath or on a holy day. In other words, they now want to keep the Sabbath day as Sabbath day. They don't want to work on the Sabbath day. Verse 39, for the people of Israel and the sons of uh, Levi shall bring the contribution of grain, wine, and oil to the chambers where the vessels of the sanctuary are, as well as the priests who minister and the gatekeepers and the singers. We will not neglect the house of our God. They promise to bring their offerings, their tithes, and their first fruits. They promise that they will not neglect the house of their God. Through all these covenantal obligations, the Israelites renewed their covenantal relationship with God to have lives filled with the presence of God. While the Israelites renewed their covenantal relationship with God, they, fall, they failed terribly. You will see that in chapter 30. But God was faithful to his covenant with the people, and he faithfully protected a remnant through the next four centuries and brought the Lord Jesus Christ in the line of David as the inaugurator of a new covenant. Jesus inaugurated the new covenant through his sacrificial death on the cross, and his resurrection. We are so privileged and blessed to be on this side of the cross. The new covenant is marvelous. Jeremiah chapter 31, 33 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. 
Notice here, he will put his law within us and write it on our hearts. Isn't this marvelous to be part of a new covenant? Ezekiel chapter 36 verses 25 through 27. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses and from all your idols. I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And don't miss this part. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. He will put his law within us and write it on our hearts and he will cause us to walk in his statutes and to obey his rules. What led the Israelites into confession of sin and renewal of the covenant? Both the confession of sin and renewal of the covenant is a direct response to the word of God. In fact, the prayer of confession and the renewal of the covenant overflow with the word. The purpose of Ezra and Nehemiah is to show how the community of faith was restored around the written word, the Torah or the law. And the same is true for God's people today. If you want to live a full life, to have your lives filled with the presence of God, worshiping, remembering, confessing, renewing, your lives ought to be centered on the gospel, on the new covenant, the covenant of his blood in which, in a moment, we will all participate and on the living and active, life-giving word of God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for speaking to all of us. We do, as the Israelites, fail in our calling, calling to be set apart, holy. Have mercy on us, O oh Lord. We do have idols in our life. By nature, we are idolaters. Have mercy on us, O oh Lord, and forgive our sins. Renew us, O oh Lord, as we are children of the new covenant. Help us to experience the life-giving word in our lives through our everyday relationship with you so that obedience to your word becomes a delight rather than it is becoming a burden to us, O oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Restore us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
We participate in the Lord's Supper every week here at City Church for a lot of reasons, but here are two of them. Number one, uh, to responsively confess sin in light of what we've heard from God's word. Number two, um, because it gives us a really beautiful opportunity to remember the grace of God in Christ, particularly his blood inaugurating this new covenant that Evie was just talking about. So please approach this table this morning confessing your sin and reminding yourselves of the grace of God in Christ Jesus. Remember, um, our sin is stunning, but the grace of God in Christ is even more stunning. And so come and participate and, and be rejuvenated spiritually. We're not just remembering, by the way, we actually believe, and we have biblical warrant for this, that the Holy Spirit works among us as we come and enjoy this meal to really change us and to transform us. Um, so come and be changed and transformed uh, that you might leave here renewed in the grace of God. The Lord Jesus, in the night that he was to be betrayed, shared a meal with his disciples. And during that meal, he took the bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body given for you or broken for you. Do this whenever you remember it, eat of it in remembrance of me. And then in a similar manner, after the meal, Jesus took the cup, and as he poured it, he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. And the Apostle Paul says, as often as we eat this bread and drink of this cup, we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again because he rose again and he ascended into the presence of the Father. And even now he's advocating for us, he's praying for us, and he will return. And that is our sure and beautiful hope as a people of God. So come, enjoy all of that afresh this morning. And if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, I hope this time this morning gives you actually uh, great hope because even you, despite the magnitude um, of the idolatry that you have participated in, the grace of Christ is much greater. And so we would encourage you to reflect on that. Instead of uh, taking a meal that you're not sure if you believe in at this time, we would encourage you simply to reflect. Um, and we would love to have a conversation with you about Jesus. We would love to chat with you. Come find me after the service. Um, track me down during the week in my office. Email us. Put something on your connection card. We would love to have a dialogue. And just remember, this is a home for you. This is a place for you as well to walk and to wrestle and to ask hard questions. I'm going to pray for us, and after I do that, uh, you'll have an elder and a deacon on either side of this table, and they will be holding uh, a basket of uh, communion packets. You can simply come forward when you're ready. After the prayer, they'll drop one of these packets in your hand. You can return to your seat uh, and eat and drink. You can stand up here and pray. You can kneel, really, whatever you want to do. Uh, and then after we finish serving, uh, the deacon and elder who are serving will actually be back in the lobby. So if you want to pray with them, they would love to pray with you, and they'll be back there. So I'd encourage you to take advantage of that as well. So let me pray over this. Lord, we do praise your name um, for, for the providence of this meal, for giving us this perfectly timed space to honestly consider our sin and to deal with that, but also um, far more joyously to remember your grace, and specifically your grace in sending your son Jesus to die on the cross, to break his body, to shed his blood, establish this new covenant that we might be restored. We praise your name, Father, for this time. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer. There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless
stand with us.
Thank you all for joining us. And can we thank Ebby and Esther again? Thank you guys for joining us this morning. It was wonderful. We thank you for, your, for the word that you brought. And we are thrilled to get to partner with you in Christ's ministry that you will be doing in, in India, right? Um, a quick reminder, if you'd like to join Ebby and Esther in the missions committee for the lunch, that'll be at the, the tents that are Caddy Corner here at 12.30, so come back and join us for that. And uh, our benediction this morning comes from Psalm 66. The psalmist writes this at the end of the psalm. He says, Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Amen. Let's sing the doxology together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy
creation burning is a new creation coming is the glory of the Lord to be the light within us.